This is the OKC82 Podcast with Chisholm Holland and Brady Trantham on the Franchise Podcast Network. Yeah, that's why they're extinct, Chisholm. Because they can't turn their hips? They can't turn their hips or they can't reach the fucking back to scratch it. Or to wipe their own ass. I don't know. Jimmy Butler can wash his own ass. That's <laughs> for a fact. I'm not an asshole. What did he say at media day? I'm not an asshole like everyone thinks I am. Yes. It's like, really, Jimmy? <laughs> really? Uh, let's go ask go ask some people in Minnesota about that. Not the fans. Not just the fans, but like people in the front office, teammates. Do you know what the coolest thing that any NBA player has ever done is when Jimmy gave out his cell phone? I know. That is still. The- I still have it. I know it's not his phone number, but I still, like, when I peruse through my contacts, Jimmy Butler. <laughs> like, that is an all-timer. It was, and it was so, like, I didn't I didn't try to call or text or anything, but um, when that came out, like, not a minute later, like, somebody on Twitter said, it's already been changed. I'm like, how does that even happen? How does that work? But there was, like, all those videos of him on a plane answering the phone, flooded with texts. Oh, really? Oh. There was some video of him on a jet. And he was, like, talking on the phone to people, like, answering and talking to him for a couple seconds, hanging up and answering to someone talk for a couple <laughs> seconds, and was replying to text messages on a Mac. And they were just, like, flooding in. And so, like, he was, like, just did, for, like, 40 minutes, he was just focused on trying did, to... Did everybody call him an asshole? I can't remember what happened, why people were mad at him. Um. Well, it's when he got traded to Philly. Is it right? when he got traded to... I thought it was he got traded to Minnesota from Chicago. No, I think I think you're right. I think you're right. He didn't have that much of a reputation, did he? Like from no. Chicago to Minnesota. Like, no. He was known as like a hard ass worker, like as a grinding personality. No, he wasn't and, like a locker a, room kid. But in a good way. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. a locker room guy. Yeah. No one was concerned about him. He was a guy that that's gonna work really well in Thibodeau's system with Minnesota. Nope. We're we're wrong about a lot of things. He sometimes. did want to scrimmage once. <laughs> oh, poor Carl Anthony Towns. Not so much poor Andrew Wiggins. He's a well-paid individual. He'll be fine. <laughs> I changed Madison's Abby in her. I saw that banner. into your alter ego. Yeah. She uh, just tweeted, I'm kind of digging my new Abby and header, so I'll leave it. <laughs> Therefore, it shall stay. Come at me. <laughs> I also, I'm going to see how long it takes to realize that I added the website as a direct link to my Twitter. I, I clicked. I clicked it and was like, oh, my God. Chisholm, like, full-on, like, turned everything around. Um, we're going to throw, we're gonna use all this on the podcast, by the way. So, I, for context, people, uh, Chisholm, I don't even want to say hacked, because that implies that you sat at your computer and used computer wizardry to, to literally... Do I sound like someone who knows how to do that? Yeah, like, no. I, I don't know how to do that. You don't know how to do that. Madison left her damn Twitter account open at the station. For, like, the 30th time. I know. She always does. And I don't know how many times I've had to, like, log out of her stuff, like her email, uh, her I, I like her Twitter account, her goddamn MySpace. I, I don't know. You got to do it. Uh, anyway, so Chisholm tweets on Madison's Twitter account. I've been doing research over the course of my past few years at the franchise, I'm finally ready to release my results. Chisholm Holland is, in all caps, drastically greater than Brady Does Sports, despite the clearly better hair. Looking forward to my next project. <sighs> yeah. Well, and then I changed her picture to Zach Collins. Oh, yeah. Her header to Nick Collison photoshopped on top of the president's head. Mm-hmm. And I linked my Twitter to her bio. 
if Nick Collison was the president, would like Stephen Adams be in the cabinet in some way, shape, or form? I, I don't know if he could since he's foreign. I think he would have to though. Uh, I mean, you can he, get... he has citizenship now. I mean, I don't. I... Does he? Because Ennis Cantor is like still fighting for, like he's still waiting for like his U.S. citizenship. So I would is imagine... he? Yeah. Um, like ob- like when he got traded to the Knicks, that was like. That was his thing, but I remember him saying like it's gonna take like a few years, like two or so years. So it's not like quick just because you play basketball here, right? Which is silly, or I mean, I don't know, working visas. I don't know how those things work. I don't know how those work either. But I, I'm trying to remember because there's different rules for being in the cabinet or being a politician versus being the president. I think it's a little bit more strenuous. I don't think there's like citizen, like you have to be a citizen for this amount of time. Yeah, because Schwarzenegger, when he was governor of California, like I remember there was something about like, I, I think he was already like he he got citizenship back in the '80s before like or in the '70s before he was ever famous famous. So never mind then. When he was a bodybuilder. When he was just a bodybuilder. Or when he was just Arnold, non bodybuilder, just a guy named Arnold. Uh, it's not a bad impersonation. Yeah. The chopper. Uh. Uh, Thunder basketball season, man, is right yeah. around the corner. Five minutes in. Thunder. The Thunder are back. The Thunder. Wow. That means I'm going to flood your I think you're too, you're too excited. It's more like the Thunder. I guess they're back. I, I'm excited. Are dude. they back? I'm excited to see everybody get so excited about Darius Baisley and then everybody get even I more. I love that he's a lefty. Yeah, but that, he's got a Sneaky very best part about Darius Basley. He's got a very smooth look. And he needs to lose the headband. Someone needs to tell him that. The team headband thing, like, yeah, he didn't use the headband in uh, Summer League. And all of a sudden, like, all of a sudden, he started taking pictures in it, like, with, like, NBA trading cards or whatever. And now he's wearing it during training camp. And I'm just like, eh, yeah, it'll take a little bit of getting used to. I mean, it's still weird to see, like, pictures of James Harden his rookie year with a short beard and a headband. It's so odd. It's almost like those guys are like, I'm in the NBA now. I have to have a look. I have to have the headband. Yeah, I know. And like, he's probably somebody that would have really capitalized off the kung fu band. Oh yes, or headband thing. What a shame that we missed Darius Baisley with the ninja headband. I know. It's if only he could have been drafted two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, but ne- neither here nor there. Thunder basketball back in full effect. Uh, you were at training camp today? Training camp? Training practice? Tra- yeah, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, the last few days. Were they practicing training or were they training to practice? They, were tra- they weren't camping. They weren't camping. There were no tents. So that's very misleading. There was no, uh, I didn't smell any uh, uh, No s'mores. Zarka? No s'mores? No s'mores. Um, there were no bears either, thank God. But um, It's probably because you hung your food appropriately. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's, it's funny because, you know, media day was on Monday, so you get you know, you get to ask every single player questions and there's a lot of new faces. So there are a lot of questions. Um, some people have had like earlier access to media day. Like I was at summer league, uh, Brett got to a cool sit down. Brett Dawson from the athletic got a cool sit down with Mike Muscala. That was an awesome piece. Um, and I, I know like other people have talked to players before, but media days when we all got a chance to kind of like anything that was missed or any, if you're new, here's your chance. And so, like, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, it's just you can only ask so much because you've already had a chance to talk to a lot of these guys, and they haven't done enough in training in practice to, like, really have it. Like, there's not that many angles. Like, once you have your three or four stories, like, I've already written my stories for this week, and I've got something else in the works, hopefully for next week. 
it's really hard to find anything. So I'm just I'm counting down the seconds until the scrimmage on Sunday so we can actually have something else to talk about. Because, like I said, uh, three days in a row, um, we've milked it for all it's worth. <laughs> right. <laughs> but no, I mean, it, it's still exciting. Like, uh, yeah, Russell's gone. Paul's gone. The what? Ex- the, I know. I, I don't know. If Wait. I, yeah. Who? I can see you're still reading Boomtown, so you're behind in a lot of things. I am. <laughs> I just got to the part where they traded uh, James Harden. So. Oh, dude, spoilers. Sorry. Sorry, sorry OKC82 listeners. Yeah, sorry. Um, um, where were you, by the way? Quick aside, where were? Because I know, like, you probably can assume where I was. I'm sure you've heard this story from a lot of people. I assume you were watching a Notre Dame game. Yeah, I was in the stadium. Yeah, I assumed. Um, Early Twitter Brady Trantham days. I was carrying groceries. To my apartment in my first year of college, it, I I had to actually look at the day. I, I think that was my freshman year. I lived in the apartment for two years, so this is my freshman or sophomore year. Um, carrying groceries, and you you do the thing where your phone buzzes, so you're you know it goes off. I'm doing the thing where you're carrying groceries and you have like this 55 bags up your arms because you're gonna make one trip. Yeah, because I'm a freshman in college, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Um, and so that's what I was doing. And my cousin from up in the second floor of in from our apartment, which is on the second floor, yelling down the stairs goes, Bro, bro, bro. <laughs> and I mean, you can only go so fast with yeah. all those groceries. Yeah. That's what I remember about that day. Yeah, it's so funny because I know Royce Young's talked about this before. So it's well documented, like if you're an OU fan, like when exactly this happened, but it was during the Notre Dame game. Um, OU was down like six to thirteen. Like throughout most of the game, it was like a struggle. And then Blake Bell finally punches it into the end zone from the goal line to tie it up. Like I mean, they kick the extra point to tie it up at thirteen. And then in between, like OU celebrating their point after to tie it, and then kicking the ball back off to Notre Dame is when that tweet went out from you know Woj or whoever like reported it initially. And so it was just like, oh my god, I, I this is so. What? Like yeah. two days before the season starts? And then um, not a play or two later, like Notre Dame like runs a play action fast, like 60, 70-yard touchdown play, or like it got them into scoring position. So the game was tight. James Harden got traded, and then Notre Dame just blew the game open, and they won like, a, I think, 30-13. to 13. <laughs> So right. it's like the James Harden trade happened, and it's like, oh, no one's having fun anymore. No one's having fun anymore. Uh, yeah, so that's where I was. I was carrying groceries, and I'm sure I had bought four bags of Cheez-Its. Did you drop the eggs? You think I bought eggs? I'm just assuming. Like, did you drop anything fragile My freshman year of college, I can't imagine I was going to the produce dairy section. <laughs> I, give, give, it was give all me frozen. Give me the frozen pizzas. Absolutely. <laughs> like, that's all it was. So I, I'm sure if I dropped whatever, it was fine. Frozen pizza and sriracha, that, that'll last you for two, two three days, at least for me. I'm trying to, like, my, like, big purchases when I went to the grocery store back then was always candles. It's like, oh, I bought a candle this time. Okay, so you just hated on, like, anybody that bought produce in college, and you're like, but I bought candles, though. No, I'm saying, like, that was, like, the me being an adult. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I bought 55 DiGiorno's pizzas, but don't worry. <laughs> it's going to I smell. bought a vanilla candle. Yeah, my, my room's going to smell nice, though. My mainstay candle here is really going to make it smell great in here. <laughs> so, uh, that's what I was doing. Um... Neither here nor there. Yeah. Uh, Paul George gets traded different number 13 this summer. But different, it, different cycle of guys coming through. And uh, I was I, – Madison Morris was there today at practice with me um, helping out. And uh, we we walked out onto the floor, 
and I just looked at all the players, and it's training camp, so there's like enough players out there for maybe like three or four teams. Um, you've got the Thunder, you've got a lot of the, you've got the entire blue squad, and then you've got a bunch of training camp invite invites that are hoping to make an impression with this coaching staff, or maybe like get in a good word for them elsewhere across the league. So there's a lot of players out there than there normally are during the regular season. And I'm just standing over there by Madison. We're waiting for um, Shea Gilgis Alexander to come talk to us. You call him Shay? You call him Mr. Gilgis Alexander? Mr. Gilgis Alexander, sir. Um, I have to constantly type your name in <laughs> on these articles. Um, but yeah, we were just standing there waiting to go talk to him. You call him and, Shay? That's a serious question. Oh, Shay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Shay or sir or dude. Yeah. Because he My is. My friend. Yeah. Personal. Start calling him buddy boy. Big, close personal friend. Um, Personal but he's fr- big. Yeah, he's very tall. Um, but yeah, we were just standing there waiting to talk to Shay, and I see a number thirteen on the floor, and I like it's Justin Patton. But then like I I see it and I turn away, then I look back, snap my head back, and then I looked at Mass and I was like, every time I see that thirteen out there these last few days, I just assume it's Paul George. <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, Justin Patton though looks a little different. He he's much he's significantly taller and bigger. He's a very large. Justin man. Patton's a, he looks like a football player, like a tall football player. Why does uh, the Thunder have an obsession with these project centers? Uh, high risk, low reward. I would assume. Um, it Isn't kinda, it a backwards it, of what you want? Low reward. I mean, low. low there we go. It's <laughs> see, it's been a long day already. High risk, <laughs> low <laughs> reward. Thunder. It's it's, all it's the an way absolute. This it's, <laughs> it's an absolute. <laughs> It's an absolute high risk because it's probably not going to work. Right. And the reward is low because it's probably not going to work. <laughs> right. Um, no, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense. Um, Does it? Well, just to have a third center on. And if you're going to have a third center, it's more Is that Mike Muscala? Um, no, he's more of a... I know he did a lot of damage with Philly at the five. Right. But it just depends on the lineup that the opponent's going to be throwing out there. Muscala's like, he's got range. That dude, like him and Dennis Schroeder the last few days, former teammates with the Hawks for about, what, four four or five seasons? Um, yeah, long time. Yeah. Two of, like the last two days, they've been having like personal three-point contests, and Muscala's got a good jump shot. He's got a good That's stroke. a bad strategy for Dennis, I would assume. Yeah, I, I'd probably, just in the limited time that I've seen Muscala, I'd probably take Muscala over Dennis Schroeder in a three-point contest. And that's after seeing Dennis shoot all year, not just in games, but in practice when no one's watching and it's it's easier to make shots. Like, yeah, I'll still take Muscala after seeing him for just two days of shooting. Yeah. So, yeah, Muscala is more of a four stretch, potential stretch five, depending on the lineup. Um, if they can, if they have to go small, then that gives them something to do to combat it. Yeah. I just don't know what Muscala. I I didn't watch enough of him as a stretch five on defense to be confident enough in it. Yeah. I just find it interesting. Thunder, I think, were... I'm probably going to get this number wrong, so now everyone's going to be mad at me. They're one of nine or one of ten teams in the league to have three centers. So it's not a common strategy. No. Most people have two centers, they, two centers, and then a power forward who could also play I center. I forget. They, have they done that recently? Like, Dakari Johnson, they had Dakari Johnson. They've always had They've had Kevin Hervey for the last two years. Um, Tyler Johnson last year before he got cut. Like they usually have like a a G League level guy as their third to basically just either. And cultivate. Justin Patton is not a G League level guy. I don't. No, great. He has. He, he's played like what? Yeah, like he's played, nine games in the he's NBA. Played like nine games. He might get. Pl- he might get some burn in the G League because they they just want him to get some minutes. 
but I, I don't want to sit here and say that he's a G League level player. He might be better than that, but just in terms of him trying to get on the floor, I would imagine that's probably what they could do. And it would make sense. Uh, uh, Patton played at Creighton. He's played four games. We gave him too much credit. Oh, uh, Patton played at Cre- the University of Creighton. Uh, which is where Grant Gibbs also played, uh, the Blues head coach. So there's gonna there's the uh, Thunder love their Creighton Blue um, Blue Jays. They love the Creighton Blue Jays. He's played 25 total minutes in the NBA, That's and that was talking Justin Patton. Yeah, that was 25 minutes more than you and me, though. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Very tall guy. Uh, other guys drawing interest. I don't. I saw this all over Twitter. I'm <laughs> gonna be honest. I think it's a little funny. Apparently, Abdul Nader is the greatest player in the Thunder uniform this year. Like, there was yeah, a lot was of it, Abdul Nader love. Was it Nerlens Noel who just like was it him that mentioned like I think Abdul Nader is a guy who's going to surprise a lot of people. Yeah. Like he said that media day, and I was sitting right in front of Nerlens when he said it, and I was just like, did anyone just specifically ask about the wings or Abdul Nader, or did he just randomly say Abdul Nader? And I'm just like, oh, that's bad. Not not I'm not trying to say that Nerlens is wrong. But when something unprompted like that is said in a public forum, the fans are just going to be like, oh, God, Abdul Nader figured it out. He's going to be like a three-point sniper. Um, I, I, I'll just I'll just hold judgment until I see Abdul you know, play a few games. Yeah. And he could very well have uh, figured some stuff out. Like, I know he um, increased his conditioning. Um, I know he's taking his uh, nutrition, taking care is of his Is he body. vegan, too? I feel like everyone's vegan. Yeah. I, what it, percentage of the Thunder roster is currently vegan? Ten uh, percent? Not Stephen Adams. That's for true. That's for true. That's um, for true. That's for true. <laughs> that's Cockney. Um. Hmm. Because it was Paul, Andre, Chris. Uh, there was one more though recently that came out, right? Am I or am I wrong? I think that also might have been Nerlens. I think there was somebody who I read or I read something about Chris Paul convinced him to go vegan. It was definitely Andre. Andre told us the other day that he went up to uh, Chris Paul's documentary um, premiere, which he's plugged now twice with the media, like media day. Chris and Paul? Then, yeah, and then Good on for Tuesday. Him. Say I'm Rand. Uh, which, by the way... Uh, Are you about to plug it? Well, I was just going to mention, like, Eric Horn from the Oklahoman was looking it up yesterday, like, after practice was over. We were just all sitting in the media room. You've got... You find it on iTunes. It's five bucks to rent. So if you want to watch Chris Paul's plant-based vegan documentary, then you have to pay five bucks to watch it. Who's watching? Who's paying it's, five dollars to watch well, a guy eat plants? Well, the franchise, like, you want to get that, that comped? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's. Let me go work. to Buddy. Be like, hey, I Can need, we expense this? I'm gonna need five bucks. <laughs> what the fuck for? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. The vegan thing is interesting. It's become a storyline, which... Because we, it, we have it, no other storyline. What do you want me to talk about? Yeah, it's rare. There's not that much to talk about just yet. Um, it's it's in, it's interesting in terms of like just getting to know what interests Chris Paul. Because whatever interests these guys, you know, that's what should interest us like in the media because they're who, they're who we're covering. And I know a lot of fans will, no pun intended, eat that. They'll eat that up. So Right. Um, but at the same time, I'm just like, oh, hurry up games please hurry up games right no more like this is all going to be funny like in january or february after chris paul gets traded and it's like remember when we had to write our plant-based vegan stuff for a day or so that was awesome <laughs> um the other story that i i mean media people are going to talk about you and i are about to talk about but i don't know if fans really want to talk about good lord was there a lot of 
well, we're really going to move the ball a whole lot more this year. We're really going to have a lot of movement. We're really going to be passing the ball a lot. That's going to be a big change. Did you like how Andre like, had... subtle, subtle little stabs over well, and over? Did, did you like how at media day Andre Robertson and he... used the caveat of like, yeah, we're just playing a lot more free. Not saying that we weren't free last right. year. It's just blah blah blah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like you know, like all these guys. You saw know, Jeremy Grant's current. Jeremy Grant's comments out of Denver. Yeah, the sinking ship thing, yeah. and then the ball movement. Yeah. Um, look, it's. I think I think it's safe to say that, like, yeah, the ball just didn't move a lot, especially in clutch moments. But that's going to happen when you've got an MVP on your team, and then another MVP caliber player in Paul George. Like, like when it's winning time. I mean, sadly, the Thunder had to go to Russell Westbrook these last two years. But when it's winning time, you go to your best player. I mean. That's been the that's been the rule ever since competition has been in play. Yeah. Um, but it Do you need to go to your best player in the eleventh minute of the first quarter that, against Phoenix? That, that's that's what I was about to get to yeah. is um like maybe more during the, the lulls of the games where like if you're a fan or even if you're in the media where you're kinda like do, not dozing off, it's like here's like the part of the game that's not that important because it's not the beginning or the end. Uh, maybe the ball will move a little bit more, but at the same time, and I think Brett Dawson's actually working on a big piece about this on the for the athletic because he's been asking a lot of ball movement questions these last few days. Um, so look forward to that one. But um, it, it always seems to me like when teams get significantly worse because a player leaves, or because like when the Thunder's case, the players get traded, and the expectations like just drop. It seems like that that's always like the thing that people cling on to is like, oh, there's going to be more ball movement. There's going to be more of like a philosophy on offense and defense now. It's like, well, yeah, because it's easier to coach players that are still trying to find their way into the league. Like guys that are still trying to find their way into the league two or three years into their career, they're obviously not an all-star level talent because if they were, they would be able to thrive off their athleticism and then learn all the fundamentals later on as their career progresses. But it, it, to me, that just I don't know how much of that there's actually going to be this year. But you've got Chris Paul. You've got Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Um, you've got Dennis Schroeder is an attacking point guard, so I won't even really use him. Um, you've got a guy in Darius Baisley who Billy Donovan talked about today as, as a guy who knows how to pass, You know, even for a young guy that hasn't played that much. Um, you've got a lot of potential on this team to actually have legitimate ball movement, a good fluid offense. But, again, I'm going to wait and see. This is the Thunder after after all. I think they might be forced to. Yeah, I have no doubt that they're going to try. But, like, once we're 20 or 30 games into the year and these guys are just trying to win, because, like, the Thunder might want to lose games, but these players are going to go out there and want to win. Like, once you get 20 or 30 games in and something's not working, then you just do what you know. And that's That's the big test for me. Yeah, I'm going to – do some research, uh, as we in the business called, on the fly. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. There's nothing There's nothing better than listening to a podcast, and then all of a sudden you hear a click. Oh, well, hopefully you can't hear my <laughs> clicking, because I have a mat to try to avoid that. I don't like the clicking noises. Oh, I Shout like out it. John Hamm, who is the king of clicking noises in podcasts. It makes me feel alive. <laughs> makes you feel alive. Uh, oh, my. I got emotional. I know. This is a big moment for me. <laughs> Uh, obviously, Russell Westbrook is going to average more field goal attempts uh, in a game. Houston? In a game. Just, no, I'm just saying, just Russell Westbrook over Chris Paul is going to average more field goal attempts per game. What do you think the most field goal attempts in a season ever averaged by Chris Paul was? It has to be like 12, right? 16. Okay. And it was in 2007 in New Orleans. Oh, that was that the year they went to the Western Conference Finals? 
that'd be 2008, which is his second most. Okay. Um, so very close. Uh, but 16, and that Russell makes- Westbrook, the past three years, <laughs> has averaged 23 and a half. So uh, even if they go back to, well, we're going to do what we know, I don't know if Chris Paul's wired that way. No, like it, it makes sense that that's... So like, maybe he'll dribble the ball out, dri- dribble the air of the ball like Russell used to, but it's still going to lead to more shot attempts for other people than when Russell had them. Yeah, but at the same time, like who... like. Who was Russell going to pass to last year that wasn't Paul George, who wasn't Jeremy Grant in the corner? Apparently, Abdul Nader needed more shots. Abdul Nader didn't get any playing time because he just wasn't good enough. Yeah, that's true. And that's that's not my opinion. That's Billy Donovan not playing him. Hamadou Diallo wasn't ready. Deontay Burton wasn't ready. Patrick Patterson was a disappointment. Uh, Nerlens Noel, Stephen Adams can't stretch the floor. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, like Russell tried to give the ball up to Dennis Schroeder a ton, and Dennis Schroeder's not a good three-point shooter in his own right. So, like, look, I know what Russell is, and I'm not going to sit here and say that he's not completely a ball hog, but um, my question is, is like, who, are the fun- who is he supposed to pass to no, outside no, no. of Paul? I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying, I think even this season, just based off who is on the floor now. Yeah. I mean, there's more Even if they go to, yeah, even if they're like, okay, well, now we're going to really slow this ball down and go isolation heavy. Even their best isolation players, which are Chris Paul and Gallinari, at their most aggressive, you know, they're two thirds of the shot attempts of Russell Westbrook and Paul George. I mean, so I just think by a product of who is on the floor, we're going to see the shots get spread around a little bit more, maybe to the detriment of the team, maybe not. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I think we're going to see a little bit more of that this year. And everyone's talked about it already. I mean, we're going to know what Billy Donovan's ac- offense actually looks like because we have no idea. I know. It's so odd. Um, we've heard like buzzwords what Billy Donovan about Billy Donovan's offense um, over these last few years, like ball movement, fluidity, you know, things that have not been the case for the last since he's been the Thunder's head coach, and maybe that's all his fault. Maybe it's just this is the NBA and the stars run it. And when you've got Kevin Durant and Russell, or just Russell, or then Russell with Melo and Paul, or and then Russell and Paul, then your stars run the team. That's why that's why teams are successful. That's why teams suck is because they have stars or they don't. So, um, I mean, it's interesting. Like my question to you though, Chisholm, is like, let's say that there that that happens, and then Chris Paul gets traded, and let's say he gets traded for like maybe like they're not going to trade for another point guard. Yeah, because they already have three. The other thing I would like to because I know you're going with this, and just for just because this is a random thing I've kept meaning to say and I haven't, is that yes, the trades are coming. But for some reason, when people talk about these trades, it's almost like the Thunder are going to trade them for just picks. There's yeah. going to be this weird thing of like, well, you're going to get some veterans coming back and yeah, some like have, contract fillers. I have no doubt. That's that, also another factor. Yeah, like you're going to get an influx of players you're just not expecting. I have no doubt they're they're going to get some expiring guys or like guys with like one more year left on their deal. Right. You know, they're going to get some some scraps. So Thunder but, fans always say like, and we are going to trade Chris Paul and then he's not going to be here. But yeah, it was like, but more than likely there's going to be two or three guys coming back in that trade. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just the rotating door of the locker room is going to be pretty significant this year. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that at all. Memorizing um, names is going to be tough. We're going to need name tags. And then trying to get get a, get people to want to be attached to a certain player and then they're gone in two weeks. Right. You know, that's not going to be fun. Sorry. Anyway, finish your question. But yeah, like, so like, yeah, I agree. Like if Chris Paul gets traded, it's more than likely not just going to be for picks, but it's not going to be for another point guard. I don't think they're going to want to bring in another guy to have three guys out there. Um, so my question to you is, is let's say that the ball movement happens. Chris Paul gets traded. Does it continue? 
Does right. it continue with Shea Gilgis Alexander and sure. Dennis Schroeder? Or is Dennis Schroeder even a part of this team like after the trade deadline? I mean, maybe he's a guy that wants to have a bigger role. Maybe he's a guy that wants to play for a better team because this isn't the situation he signed up for. Now, if Chris gets traded and there's not another point guard, he's going to play a lot more, and he might even start. They might want to keep Shea at the two because they like where he's going in that department. He's six foot six. Um, I mean, there's just so many questions, but I mean, I think that that's kind of a general thing you can sit here and pretend like we would both know. It's like, yeah, of course, it's either going to continue or it's going to die when Chris gets traded. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's going to come down to, and we don't know this because we haven't seen him yet, is what kind of point guard is Shea when it's Shea's team? And I know Shea started a yeah. whole bunch of games last year, but he didn't start a point guard last year. I know, and there were times where, like, I mean, what is do, a Shea? Do, do you consider Tobias Harris a ball handler? Like, uh, not, not a, he's not a guy that runs your offense, but he's a, he's a guy who can create his own shot. Yeah. So anytime he's somewhere in between yes and a no. Yeah. Somebody, he's a baby. I always consider somebody who can create their own shot as a ball handler. Like that doesn't just mean that they're point guards. Right. But, but um, you know, Shea would that he would play lineups. He would start lineups with uh, him, Patrick Beverly, and Tobias Harris, and those lineups were fairly successful. Um, but I always feel like it's much easier if you're a rookie and especially a talented rookie to go to a team like the Clippers who were true, like really trying to build towards something, obviously, but they were also a team filled with guys with chips on their shoulders. They were willing to do whatever it took to prove that they were a pretty damn good team. I feel like it's easier to acclimate yourself to that type of attitude than it is like, okay, now I have to, I am the face so that I think that's the question that you were kind of getting to. That's the question that we're all waiting for is like, what is Shea Gilgis Alexander, a Shea Gilgis Alexander led offense like? Right. As, as the point guard. But we just don't know. Yeah. The Clippers ran a totally different offense last year, obviously, with a whole bunch of different people. And like I said, Shea was really kind of the starting small forward on that team uh, because they started Patrick Beverly and Landry Shamet. Landry? Landry? Landry uh, Landry Shamet. I said that. Shamet. I said that and I was like, I don't know if Landry's right. Um, it's not Landry Jones. So we just don't know. We just don't know what a, a team sitting around Shea Gilgis Alexander looks like. We won't know until Chris Paul gets traded if he gets traded. Um, that's another thing. What if he just doesn't get traded? Right. Yeah. And, and if he doesn't, then like I, the Thunder are fine. I think it's like if they have to keep him as long as he doesn't cause a stink, then you've got Chris Paul. Yeah, I, I agree. But there is this whole thing where I know they got a ton of picks from the Clippers. I know they got some picks from Houston. I know they have a few Miami picks and all these pick swaps. The Thunder's route to a really successful rebuild isn't by relying on those picks. No. It's by them being bad and relying on their own picks. It's by them being bad, or if they're forced to, they'll have to like package a few of those picks right. in one draft to hopefully move up in the draft. That doesn't guarantee that you will. Right. Because other teams it, are going to be like, I don't want the 23rd pick. Like, right. like, why? Yeah, I don't. but I don't think people need to look at the Clippers picks, the Heat's picks, and the Houston picks as... Those are the assets that are going to put you over. I, if your next superstar is coming to Oklahoma City, more than likely it's because the Thunder won 25 games. Yeah, It's going to come from that route. And I think Chris Ball keeps that floor a little too high. And so is it detrimental to the team if he doesn't get traded? No. Is it maybe uh, a hiccup on the road to uh, a quicker turnaround? Yeah, I think so. I think it is. Well, like even if Chris isn't traded for whatever reason, if like Presti is just dead set of like, well, you have to get something positive out of a Chris Paul trade, and if that never happens, then we just keep him. What they could do is they're probably going to get rid of Danilo Gallinari, and they might they might be able to get rid of Dennis Schroeder in a trade, and so that would make the team significantly worse 
Right. It's like you still have Chris Paul, but you lose like one of the better stretch fours in Danilo Gallinari in the NBA. You lose a really high end level six man, you know, low end of the league starting point guard in Dennis Schroeder. That hurts your offense. So that would hurt the team in terms of them winning basketball games, which would ultimately help their cause down the road. I mean, that's just something that, like, if Chris Paul, like, I'm 90% sure Chris Paul gets traded. I'm 100% sure Gallinari gets traded, if that makes sense. Like, there's no doubt in my mind if that happens. Yeah. Can I tell you the random teams that I've been kicking around in a shooter trades with? Um, Not Phoenix. Not Phoenix. Yeah. Would have been a good idea, though. What about a uh, a Ian Mahimney-less swap? They basically make the exact same amount of money. They're within a couple hundred thousand dollars of each other. Mm-hmm. And then whatever that sweetener is, is it's a pick, it's a pick, or it's a young guy at the end of the bench, it's a young guy at the end of the bench. I follow a few random like Wizards fans that have been writing for like some of their blogs over the last few years. Wizards fans do not like him. Did a shooter? <laughs> no, Ian Mahimney. Oh, no. <laughs> they don't like him. If you remember all. Ian Mahimney, it was, hey, we're going to try to get Kevin Durant. We're going to try to get Kevin Durant. <laughs> okay, Kevin Durant said he doesn't want to have a meeting with us. And then they use all that money to sign Ian Mahimney. Oh, no. So there, there's yeah. there's real reason. Sometimes like you need a greener pasture. I think Ian might profit from, from that. But, you know, that's... Because um, they got to have a stopgap until John Wall comes back, That's which that, is hilarious. That's, but, I was going to say, that's, that's a really good point. And then even when he comes back... I mean, where is he? Like, right. where is John Wall at that point? He hasn't played in so long. It's kind of the same question we have for Andre Robertson. But, um, yeah, you've got Washington. Washington, uh, they're trying not to tank, which if that's their case, I don't know if they've seen their roster. They're not doing a very good job yeah. of not tanking. Well, I mean, this is kind of – this is off the wall. But, well, I just threw a fake Wizards trade at you, so we're well, past I mean, that. This point. is even more off the wall. Does Dennis Schroeder make more sense on the Bucks than Eric Bledsoe? And I, like really think about Eric Bledsoe in the postseason. I don't think so. I think if Dennis Shooter was a better shooter, yeah, if he's a better shooter, obviously. But I, because I, you're sacrificing defense, because Eric Bledsoe, all of his offensive stuff, he's still a good defender. Yeah, he's big. So I think the drop he's off between, on that side of the ball would be too significant. Okay. And well, I, I'm just, I was just considering like because it would ultimately be bad for the Thunder because they'd have to take on a lot more money. Right. Um, but I'm trying to think of just a, like another team out there that could actually use him. Schroeder or Schroeder. Yeah. Raptors, they're going to get... I mean, why don't I just keep Kyle Lowry at that point? Keep your savior. I guess so, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Philadelphia is a team I, I halfway thought about because their bench is <laughs> hilarious. Their bench is uh, terrible. But they're they're in a weird spot where it's like their starting five makes a ton of money, and then all their bench guys make, you know, three or four million. So, like, they had to trade, like, three or four guys just to get Dennis. Is Mike Scott their best bench guy? Oh, yeah, by a mile. God. By a mile. <laughs> and Mike Scott's good. He's a good player. Like, if you put him on. I he mean, was he, like the guy that Thunder were looking for off their bench for a while. Oh, yeah. The the three-regional manager. I've said I've said that on here like a zillion. Every time he gets mentioned, the three-regional manager. The three-regional manager is pretty strong. Yeah, it's Mike Scott and then probably James Ennis. Probably their next best oh. bench player. The guy who was going to that like, or Zaire Smith, as the, long as he doesn't get a peanut. James Ennis, famously known as the guy who's going to soften the uh, exit of he, Trevor. He's eighty-five percent of Trevor Ariza, Brady. <laughs> you shut who, your who mouth. Who said that? Everyone. Everyone. Reddit. Everyone was wrong. Reddit.com said that. Mama's wrong again. They were. They were. <laughs> um. So I guess obviously you spoke to Shea Gillis Alexander. First off, 
got a little bit of a different voice than I think most people are prepared for. I saw that comment a few times. Very different voice, especially for a, like, what is he, 19, 20? Yeah. Or is he 21? I can't remember. Um, he's he's very young, obviously. Um, 21. He's got a very deep voice, and he's got a very interesting accent. He every, like He's from Toronto. He's Canadian. Um, but at the same time, like, his accent isn't very Canadian-esque. I don't think it doesn't sound Canadian. Like if if I didn't know where he was from, I would have. I would, he doesn't say a a lot. He doesn't say a, <laughs> a boots. He doesn't say like the oot or whatever. Um, but no, he's a he's a man of few words. But he's got some personality to him. Like today, he said that. Um, him and Chris Paul been getting shooting competitions, shooting competitions, and that he always beats Chris in shooting drills, and that we could bring that up to him the next time we talk to him. So I'm sure somebody will bring it up to him. Um, just to get Chris Paul to smile, so they can all get snapshots of him. Chris has got a strong smile. He does. He's got a very he's he's a handsome he's a good looking guy. Um, Chris smaller than you, anticipating? Yeah. Um, I, I've talked to Chris Paul a few times over the years. First um, time I interviewed him, I was like, wow, this guy is yeah. And way any small. any time like I'm watching a game with some friends and a, the commentator of whatever game, like during like a Clippers or a Houston game with Chris Paul. Um, Chris Paul, it's blah, 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 six feet tall. And I'd always just be like, I'm 5'11", I'm taller than Chris Paul. Like, not not by a wide margin, but I'm taller than him. Right. So, like, he's 5'11", on a good day, probably. And he's wearing, you know, basketball sneakers, which give you a few micro inches. Does that make you, I feel like that makes him a little bit more endearing. Yeah, it's easier to, I mean, that's, everyone should remember, like, when the Hornets were here. Like, it was really easy to, like, connect and vibe with him because he's he's just shorter and when your nba basketball hero isn't you know six foot 12 and can shoot from like 40 feet is he one of those guys who's going to get screwed whenever the nba makes everyone actually measure how tall people are probably i mean kevin durant's gonna be one of those right yeah he was always a seven footer but he's listed at six ten six nine for a long stretch yeah like that's just not true yeah yeah he's listed (laughs) Currently, Chris Paul is listed at six feet, which I'm just again I'm telling you I stood next to the I guy. Mean, that's just not true. Yeah, I mean, just like Russell's not six three. That I stood next me, to Russell. That makes me feel better. I'll put six feet. I'll put like six feet on my Twitter account. I'm six feet tall. That means you're six foot one at least. Exactly. Do you ever see people that put their height on a Twitter bio? I've seen, I've seen it. that for like recruits, like high school, like four not, star recruits, five ten. I'm, I'm talking just, just average just Joes, random random folks. Do I need to start doing that? <laughs> You just every time you see somebody, just screenshot it and send it to me. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I need to start putting my height on my profile. Is that like a really big positive, or people are like, "Oh man, your your height"? Well, it's I would assume it's it's to kind of break the fourth wall and and respect because I mean, how many times have you like known somebody on Twitter and then you've met them in real life and you're like, "Oh, you're for whatever reason I I thought you were much taller." I don't know. You know, it's just when you meet somebody that you. Try to think of how many people I've met on Twitter and then met. In real life, there have been a few people that I've met. Like, like you know, most of them have been people in the business. Other people have. Whoa, been... Whoa, okay, little. I'm oh, trying you know, to, in the business. I'm trying to climb the ladder. I'm not trying to pretend like I'm a, above the ladder by any means. Like I'm still trying to make it. So I'm not. I'm not better than you. Met listening. people in the business. <laughs> Jesus. The adult film industry. You straightened <laughs> your tie when you said that and everything. Um, you say the adult film industry? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've already said the F word on here, so I might as well make it even more dirty. But we do have the little E on the, uh, I mean, like if you look up oh, OKC. Explicit. explicit yeah. yeah. 
I figured that's probably for the best because when Madison and I do these podcasts at like 1230 in the morning after a game and we're tired, it's like if we say shit or damn, then you know what? You signed up for it. It's explicit right on right, right on the account. Yep. Um, anything else really jump out at you today? I mean, I mean, not Nerlens Noel's the word number nine. Yeah, and it, and that's, that's all my Nerlens Noel thoughts. Know, that, that was the other thing. Like when I said like the Justin Patton thing about when I see thirteen, I just assume it's Paul. When I see the nine, I assume it's Jeremy Grant. I know it's Jeremy Grant, and then I have to like remember that no, Nerlens is a little bit taller. They've got pretty much the same body type, right? You know, and it just looks. Like, it took me a while to get used to Jeremy Grant wearing number nine because I was so used to Serge Ibaka. And Serge Ibaka and Jeremy Grant have completely different body types. Right. Um, you actually, that's actually a good thing that I actually found very interesting is that Nerlens was afforded the same opportunity that Mike Muscala and Alec Burks Yeah, got. that was... Um, I I didn't even ever think to ask that question. I can't. I, I wish I could remember so I can give credit. But somebody asked it, and it was a really good question. Um, like, were you afforded the same opportunity? And he was like, yeah. But talking about being able to, uh, as Mike Muscala and Alec Burks, yeah, look for different decide, options after yeah. Paul George or Chris, and I almost said Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook got traded. To which Muscala was like, that was so special to me. Like he was like really touched by you know, the jet, like not just the gesture of Sam Bressy literally going to his house to recruit him, which is still comical. <laughs> um, but also like, hey, we know this isn't what you signed up for. We'll give you the opportunity to go look elsewhere, but. We want you still. So if you want to come back, like the the offer's still on the table. And Nerlens and uh, Mike Muscala both really enjoyed that. And then Nerlens got to tell us that the reason why he chose nine was because his firstborn child, his son, was born on July 9th. So the number nine has significance to him. So that was kind of cool. I didn't even know he was. I mean, I don't know if he's married. I don't know if it's with a girlfriend or a wife. But um, it is his first child. So I like that's cool. That's did cool. not did not know that. You shocked the Nerlens came back after given the opportunity? Um, if the Lakers drama at center had happened earlier, like if Boogie had been indicted on what domestic assault, what was it? Is it sexual assault or domestic domestic abuse? With uh, domestic abuse. Okay, domestic yeah. abuse. Um, if that had happened earlier, and um, Dwight Howard obviously hadn't been traded, but they there. signed. They signed both those guys after. I thought that happened. Paul, no, because remember, I mean, the Lakers didn't do anything. The Clippers didn't do anything. The Raptors hadn't done anything all summer. I mean, my summer's all. Because they were waiting up. on. Well, say those three teams had didn't sign anybody, waiting on Kawhi mm. outside of minimum deals. So Boogie and Dwight both signed after the Paul George trade. So you feel like that hole at center was still there. Yeah. I mean, Nerlens. If you remember, Nerlens had like a weird thing where he like. It was announced that he signed, and then yeah, he didn't sign, and, and then he, he re-signed. He talked about that. He said that it was in reaction to people jumping the gun on something he wasn't 100% sure about. So I don't know if it was like he okayed the deal and then had second thoughts afterwards, or if he had communicated to somebody that, yeah, like I'm probably going to, and then someone jumped the gun, and then it got out there, and that's what he was reacting to. But I mean, who knows what these – they're never going to tell you the complete truth because they sure. don't want to throw their team under the bus, but – um, but no, I mean, I, I'm, the Lakers, I'm kind of shocked, but when I think about it more and more, Nerlens loved playing here, but he also loved playing here under the caveat that the Thunder were a fairly good team, a competitive team that wanted to win games. He said that to me like three times last year, and it was because he played for tanking Philadelphia 
and tanking Dallas. He played for two franchises that did not want to win games. The opposite of what they were trying yeah, to do. Yeah, so him being with the Thunder was like a huge culture shock for him of like, wow, this this organization actually wants to win basketball games. Now, part of the Thunder wants to still win basketball games. Will they win a lot? Probably not. And then there's another part of the Thunder that probably like, eh, don't win a lot. We already talked about this. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see how New Orleans takes to that. He's another guy that could potentially be moved. Um, oh, I think just just out of good faith, because I think at the end of the day, um, Nerlens might be banking on himself a little bit more. Um, he might think that there could possibly be a deal this next summer, uh, since the free agency pool isn't as sexy as it was this past June. Um, so maybe that could be in play. And if he, you know, he he likes the organization, he he's comfortable here, he's comfortable in his role. And if he just improves on that, he might be able to play his way into a little bit of a bigger deal and a little bit of a bigger role. So it makes sense that he would come back to something he's comfortable with, I guess. Yeah. He's the guy who, if I was the rival GM, I feel like he'd be the most attractive guy to acquire from the Thunder, not because he's the best player, but at $1.6 million. Oh, yeah. I mean, just as no, far he's, as... He's a, he's a deal, and he's not just a deal in that he doesn't make that much money, but he, he makes impacts. Right. So, like... People talked about with the Paul George trade, some of the hang-up with the Clippers wasn't just all the picks and Shea. It was also the fact they had to give up Gallinari just because of the salary. You just have to make yep. it work. When you have a guy like Nerlens making $1.6 million, like it, now you're just talking about what is the asset that I'm giving up. I'm not having to give the asset and then also make the numbers work. $1.6 is easy to work with for other teams. Yeah. So again, I think... I think he's a guy that, like, Philadelphia, again, bad bench. You can get, like, a failed project bench guy. Like, maybe it didn't work for him in this city. Maybe it'll work for him in Thunder culture, quote-unquote. Oh, you mean like a lottery pick who hasn't panned out somewhere? Pretty much. There you go. Justin which, Patton, one of those guys. Which, Gallinari was the number one overall pick, wasn't he? Was he the number one overall pick? I don't think so. With the Knicks? Or... No, I don't think so. Or he was, yeah, he, looking was it up. he was a lottery pick. I can't remember. He might have been fourth or fifth. Sixth. Sixth, okay. Would yeah. you like to know the 2008 draft? Um, yes. Number one, Derrick Rose, Rose. Michael Beasley, O.J. Mayo, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Love. Didn't know Gallinari. Eric you, Gordon. That's a strong top seven outside O.J. It, Mayo. And the, and, the, and the sad thing is, is like for the first three to five years, Gallinari was thought to be a gigantic bust. And we and little did we know, it was just the Knicks. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Yeah, that'll that'll wrap her for. Uh, let's wrap it up like a Jimmy hat, like a Jimmy hat. <laughs> All right, everybody, go home and wash your ass. Listen to Brady Trantham Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. on 107.7 The Franchise and 107.9 The Franchise Tulsa. Follow him on Twitter at Brady Does Sports. Subscribe, rate, and review all the podcasts in the Franchise Podcast Network. The Sam Mays Podcast, All In, Inside OU, OKC82, and Intimate with TV's Jerry can be found in all the places you listen to your podcast. Seriously, just subscribe. You don't even have to listen.